0: Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary.
1: One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, It's a a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com.
0: Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. Christopher Kinnon Sr. seems to have set himself up as just not even, he hasn't even renamed himself. He's just chopped off his last name, Kinnon, and just called himself Christopher Vincent. And has had a relatively public life with his own headshot on LinkedIn, amazingly, a recognisable face. I look back and he was attending business conferences on aviation in 2019. He's got one foot in both camps.
1: I'm Nicola Tallant. And you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs and the sins of the underworld, in Ireland and across the globe. A week after US sanctions were levelled at the Kinahan Mafia and their associates, an incredible fallout continues as many run for cover and deny relationships with the top tier. But at the heart of the countless stories and headlines about the Kinnahan organised crime group, there's been an insight into the man at the very top of the tree. While the concentration has been on his son Daniel and his links to boxing, Dapper Don Christy Kinahan has been moonlighting as an aviation broker and running a string of social media accounts featuring his musings about the world. Today I'm talking with Sunday World Deputy Editor Niall Donald about the ultimate godfather of crime and about the two faces he shows to the world. This is Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. So it's been a really, really busy week since we spoke last. Um, obviously, the the day after the sanctions were announced, which was very dramatic for the Kinnahan mob and all around them. Um, and since then, there has been some developments in the story, and I think in particular, we were able to discover the online presence of Christy the Dapper Don Kinahan Total case of he hasn't gone away, you know. No,
0: absolutely. It was a very busy week, busy skiing for you, but particularly busy for us um, back in, in headquarters. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, Christy Kinnahan Sr., I suppose we've heard over over the last few years how he stepped away from the business and that's that's a lot of what we've 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 heard about him but I think the last few weeks have shown that while he may not be involved in 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 the day-to-day of, of drug shipments that he's remains the mastermind behind the the financial plan for the for the Kin and cartel's assets mm. um so yeah I mean it's he's Like, obviously, Christy Kinahan Sr., unlike uh, we always hear about Daniel, he's not somebody you can say he has no convictions. Like, he obviously has a long, long criminal history. Um, But I think his online presence actually shows you maybe something about the person behind the man who built, you know, this incredible, whatever way you want to look at it, this incredible organization and network, you know.
1: Yeah, and just before we get on to that, let's go back to where he came from, who he is and those convictions. He's an interesting character, Christy Kinnahan Senior, I've always found, because he's a little bit of a cuckoo in the nest. He's a middle-class guy who was educated, who came from a family that had it all, really. And he could have been anything. He was apparently really good at kickboxing. He was intelligent. He, you know, was going to be given an education. His mother ran a... Beautiful period bed and breakfast in around Cabra, Fibsborough. And his father ran, a, drove a taxi on the Gresham Rank, which was a very respectable, very middle class job. He had two sisters and was spoiled and adored within the family, Christy Kinahan. And at some point, kind of from teenage years to his early 20s, he appears to have got involved in. Frauds. He's working alongside, actually, the late Eddie Hutch, the monk's brother who was murdered in retaliation for the the uh, the murder of David Byrne in the Regency and ultimately the attack on Daniel Kinahan. And he's sort of the respectable guy who is in there. There's loads coming off the ships and the docks being nicked, and he's the guy who sells them on to the, the shops. A couple of sofas are available. He goes in with his middle-class accent and his manners, and he does the deal. A bit of a fraudster. But he also seems to get involved in heroin. Well, in drugs, I think. I mean, yeah. I think
0: that's that's his. If you want gateway drug into that world, you know, and um, like
1: Christie. Uh, but he Senior. told a court at one point that he was a heroin addict. I have never totally believed that. No, because I mean, obviously, people people. That's one of the things that people say in court.
0: But by all accounts from from what i've been told is that that was true mm. that he did have a you know obviously he was he was you're t- probably talking about the 1980s um you know when there was a heroin explosion and um, he was going to o'connell school in in the in the north inner city which was at the time uh one of the 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 uh one of the most respectable schools in dublin i mean people my own people from my own family would have got scholarships to go there. Right. You know, so, and it would have produced a couple of, a uh, couple of teaching, you know, it was yeah. a very, um, it was, it was, you know, probably Dublin's most famous school at that stage. Um, so he was coming from, uh, uh, you know, obviously from, a, apart from, I mean, beautiful homes in Cabra, mm. where he where was from. And, you know, they'd be selling for, I don't know, close to, close to a million euros now if they were on the market. But he was also, he obviously, had a gateway into this life. Mm. And, um, you know, obviously, he seems to have become heavily involved very quickly. Mm. Um, but he didn't seem to be on the, the Garda radar at some point, is what people were saying. Um, there was obviously an explosion of heroin dealing in, in in the North Inner City at the time. There was people that were in and out of the Sunday World, you know, the Dunn family,
1: people along those lines. But he seems to have built up a proper network himself. Um, Yeah, that's why it doesn't tally with me that he was a heroin addict, to be honest with you, because I don't think somebody that is so addicted to that drug can function on that level. But maybe I'm wrong. Um, Nonetheless, he seems to have had a little bit of a dipping into drug use himself, but very quickly saw that he didn't want to be a user. He wanted to be a boss, a drug boss. And I think... um, he, in the meantime, sorry, married Jean Boylan, the mother of Daniel and Christopher Jr. He seems to have lived with the boys out in Tallah for a period of time. And then as he goes into prison, she goes to Oliver Bond where they're reared. But um, the dapper Don, as he later became known, was very much interested in Larry Dunn and what Larry Dunn was doing. Of course, Larry Dunn was the, uh, the first godfather of crime in Dublin, made his fortune from heroin, bought a big house in the Dublin hills, had a chauffeur-driven car, he had all the wealth, etc. Uh, but he was a great user of his own supply and came a cropper and was jailed for a long period of time. And it's always said that Kinnahan was waiting in the wings, watching his demise, and that he moved into the vacuum that, that Dunn left. Um, and, you know, when he's caught the first time in Dublin and arrested and, and jailed in relation to that because he's caught with heroin in a very fancy apartment in Fairview, he's with an international criminal at that stage. I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but he's a guy who's very heavily involved in drugs out in Amsterdam, and it could be a Lebanese guy. Yeah, he seems to have uh, skipped the middleman, I think, mm. and gone and established
0: his own contacts um, I think it's just as simple as that. Um, I think he's he's you know that he's not gone to get a supply off of the, the native Irish dealers, but he seems to have gone to do it himself. And you have to remember as well in those days, like it was would have been well possible to operate in that way, um, bringing relatively small amounts back on ferries on planes. Mm. If you were under the radar, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have come to the attention of the guards. Um, but I think things. Uh, did change from when he went to prison, and um, you know that that you know i uh, from what I've been told and and you know it all becomes kind of myth and legend, but that he was hanging around with a, people like Eddie Hutch and people associated with with him in the in the north inner city, living a very wild and crazy life at one stage but when he went into prison and it's, okay, it's become one of these legends that he that he went to college and he refused to leave prison because he had he had to finish his degree but it does seem to have had a transformative effect on mm. on maybe his ambition you know
1: it definitely did and it was in prison that he met of course John Cunningham who had been convicted in relation to the kidnap of Jennifer Guinness um and John and his brother Michael were pretty High up there at that point, criminals from the Fermat area had been involved in the generals gang, you know, big calibre. And Cunningham, I was always told, was always waiting for the big one. He always wanted to make the million. I mean, you know, yeah. you, you look at the the Kinnahan mob now being valued at a billion, and it just seems farcical that somebody might want to make a million, but that was what it was. And together I think they they found similar ambitious souls, and they got together and they when they got out, they went to Amsterdam, set up their wholesale business. The two of them are in and out of prison all the time throughout the, the their their um their business together. But when one is in, the other is out, and they seem to be able to constantly run it, grow it, and obviously then Kinnahan gets the sons down to the south coast of Spain, puts his people in place down there, and he remains on the move constantly. Always in the background, and as we've spoken before, coming up to around 2014, 2013-2014, uh, as it appears he's handing over the reins of the business to Daniel Kinahan and taking a back seat, retiring as such. Um, he's there, but then he pops up in Dubai with them as well, and, and we know he's in and around there. Um, I suppose what we didn't realise was just how significant he still was within the business.
0: Absolutely. I mean, like certainly at the time of Operation Shovel, which was 2010, when the, the Spanish police raided and arrested the Kinahan and, and his two sons, they, he was certainly the head of the, the the drugs network at that stage. He was the man making the decisions mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, dealing with with the South Americans. That's what we were always told. Um, sometime after that, um, he, he kind of, his old crimes caught up with him and he spent a period of time in, in a prison in Belgium for money laundering offences, back to do with a, a case, you know, a number of years previous to that. Um, so once he came out of that, Prison. I mean, we can speculate that he, you know, he really decided that that's not where I want to be in my sixties again. Yeah, and he seems to have taken a a step back from the from the the, the drug network. So he was in Dubai, and you, you could probably trace the Sunday World from mm-hmm. sometime between 2015 and 2020. You have less and less Christie Senior, and more and more Daniel, and that's that's the way it went. Yeah. I mean, Daniel became the the unwilling unwilling public face, maybe of the Kennedy Cartel, mm. and Christy, You heard we heard rumours. So he might not be f- might have held problems. He's playing a lot of golf. Was another thing you're always told. He always got these. Uh, stories, people, oh, I saw him, you know, shooting a four ball on on Dubai with people who didn't know who he
1: was and all of that, but, you know, I remember getting um, pictures in from him walking the beach, and it was definitely him, but we just couldn't quite, the way the angle of the picture, he yeah. just hadn't totally turned around, so we couldn't convince the lawyers that it, it mightn't have been some other punter who looked like him. Yeah. Um, which, of course, was the safe way to play it, and it never got published. But, yeah, he was there. He was living in, um, I remember actually having his in a, an address for him at the time, he was living in kind of very high-end um, property in Dubai. But he had sort of gone into the background and we were kind of getting more and more into the into the mind of Daniel who was like very clearly a bit of an egomaniac, a bit of a narcissistic guy, manipulative. He had sort of, you know, fallen out with a lot of friends. There was people enemies of his who had a lot to say about him but in, in the middle of that and the truth of it was probably that he was this very egotistical person.
0: Yeah, he was putting himself forward, Daniel. I mean, it wasn't that you had to search for what he taught because he had people saying it for him. Yeah boxers, other people
1: coming out publicly. So you knew what was going on with Daniel. Um, He was going to be the power broker of boxing in the world, and that was his ambition, really.
0: Yes, and he seems to have made his own contacts, probably with the younger generation of of criminals Mm. across Europe that that Daniel was dealing with directly, obviously from Holland, from from Eastern Europe and stuff like that. But while Daniel was maybe doing that, like, amazingly, you know, because if, I mean, if you sit down and Google Christopher Kinahan, I mean, I don't know how many thousands and thousands of entries you get now. Mm-hmm. But simultaneously to that existing, Christopher Kinahan Sr. Senior, senior seems to have set himself up as just not even, he hasn't even renamed himself. Yeah. He's just chopped off his last name, Kinahan, and just called himself Christopher Vincent. Mm-hmm. And has had a very uh, relatively public life as a, uh, you know, he describes himself online as a senior consultant, an aviation broker. Uh, you know, in in you know those sort of roles. You know, with his own headshot on LinkedIn, amazing, amazingly a recognizable face, which again he didn't have to do. Christopher Vincent, which is you know, even the the middle name Vincent has been published many times, and you know, he's out
1: there on LinkedIn social media on a daily basis. And he's been there and he's been in the background pretty much heading up the operation, really. You know, from the financial point of view, as we said, Daniel is is looking after the, the drugs. And I remember the Spanish called it difficult decisions, being <laughs> murder and various things like that. It was very, maybe Google Translate came came up with it. But um, yeah, I mean, this is the story that we ran in the Sunday World last week. And I think it's available online on sundayworld.com to read. But um, it was basically the Dapper Don, the headline actually the story was Dapper Don Line Services for Hire. Yeah, he's this aviation broker. He has a LinkedIn page. You and I were able to read through his tweets, his LinkedIn postings uh, and other social media he had. And we got a proper insight into the kind of what was going on in his mind. Um, and we wrote about that, about how he is... Pretty much pro-Vladimir Putin. He loves Russia. He thinks we should be a bit wary of Ukraine. Um he likes Claire Daly, the MEP, and her thoughts. And uh, he's big into Russell Brand.
0: Yeah, I mean it's a it's a funny, a funny mix. I mean, I'll I'll defend him slightly, Dallas. Pro-Putin uh, uh tweets kind of came before the invasion actually. (laughs) So he was um, sort of saying, well, and some of them weren't prescient really because he was sort of saying NATO are hyping this up and Putin isn't going (laughs) to invade. Okay, But once the war does kick in he takes uh, a very much um, I suppose like, you know, you have to, people always when you're reporting on crime, and you know this way more than me, people always say, "Well, what are these people like? Like how?" And that's the real. What makes them tick? What makes them tick? And uh, you know, how can they do this? But how can Daniel be doing this in criminality? But he also, the boxers think he's the greatest guy ever, or whatever. So I mean, that that's always the 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 that is. I think partly that's driven the. The incredible interest in recent times across across all sorts in, in true crime, but I think you see with Christie Senior, he's he's what the Americans would call a libertarian, um, and that's not to say all libertarians are likely to be a, a criminal godfathers, but he's a libertarian. He's he's hugely suspicious of the mainstream media, uh, the the vaccine companies, big pharma you know, um, uh, NATO, uh, all of those kind of uh, conspiracy theories, really. And uh, the guy is not... If you, like, amazingly, um, after... you And you've ploughed through them as well. uh, Years and years of badly written uh, social media propaganda slagging each other off. You're not... This is not Christopher Vincent. I mean, it's perfectly written. You you could call it anti-vax, and it is... But
1: it's it's the the intelligent end of that mm. stuff, you know, where there's there there. Slightly, I would see it as pontificating, though, as well. I mean, it's it's not just somebody making a you know, it's it's sort of um, how would I describe it? You know, when you see him answering somebody, it's it's very much he is looking down his nose oh, on everybody yes, and yes, everything.
0: Yes, it's an effort. It's a, you know, this is, he undoubtedly is an intelligent person, but mm. it's a, somebody who wants to make sure. It's not just that I disagree with you, but I have. Good intelligent
1: reasons. And I'm going to crush you, is is the kind of attitude you get from it. And maybe I'm kind of coming at that because I do understand that having read that, that Christy Kinahan and I would be, you know, I would be happy to say I'm sure of it, Mm. that he was behind a lot of social media. That was been run by the Kinnahan mob over the past few years, and in particular after the Regency, there was certain social media. Um, we don't have time really to go into the details of it, but it was called at one point. It was called Sarah Sean. Um, I've actually detailed it in in my book, Clash of the Clans. But it is um, it was this sort of. Twitter site later moved to Facebook, it released newsletters. It was all giving the kind of the uh, the narrative from the Kinnahan side, but it was really well written. And yes. it was to the extent that while the Gardaí were investigating it, actually, and, you know, was this a criminal, was it a journalist? Yeah. It was so well written. That yeah. was what kind of was coming back from the criminal investigation into it. Yeah, that this was possibly a journalist working for the criminal, yeah, the criminal I mean, organization, this,
0: exactly. And I mean, this is this is as I said to you, like if you compare it to some of the the hutch the style propaganda, which really was uh, yeah. was was of it a It can load. be crass, and yeah, it is yeah, yeah.
1: more to that world, yeah. though, is it yes, not? The hutch style propaganda, which you know will maybe use language that could have you banned off yeah, Twitter or whatever, yeah. is accusing people of yeah. sort of things. It's just much more criminal underworld than what Christy yeah, Kinahan is. I mean, he is still the cuckoo in the nest. He is
0: still he has still got his feet in boat camps. Like amazingly, some of the more amazing things were just the little things. Like I look back, and he was attending conferences in Dubai, business conferences on aviation in two thousand and nineteen. Just listened to various experts speak. So he was inhabiting that world. Mm. You know, on on you know, if you looked on his uh, on his on his. LinkedIn page you have you see he's attended open university got degrees even after his time in prison
1: so you know he's he's got one foot in both camps you know isn't it incredible like because when you look at it it looks as if daniel Kinahan is a great pretender really yeah i mean he's trying to live up to that father and yeah. i mean there's few who really could do what his father has done no
0: i mean it's funny enough actually i remember uh, watching my my Talking to my dad, he watched Narcos, and which is really surprising. My dad is, is, is so respectful, but and he said to me, and he said about Pablo Escobar, and he said at one point he said to me, and it was amazing what he built, though. In another way, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. and I was going, well, I suppose it was. And that is also true of Christopher yeah. Senior. It is incredible what he's built. What it he's is. built, and it's incredible that even that in 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 his sixties, a man was incredible. Record of criminal convictions could reinvent himself as as an aviation broker, speaking in business speak, yeah. talking about cryptocurrency and and you know and the inflation levels in the U.S. and you know it's incredible, but you know the reality is that uh, that it does take a certain type of personality to to be able to to disassociate yourself because remember we talk about eighteen mur- <coughs> murders in the Hutchkin and mm. feud, but if you go back. Over the, the fifteen years before that, there was multiple, multiple murders committed by the Kenneth Cartel yeah. when when Christie was at the top of it. People like Eamon Dunn, Ray Salinger. I mean the, the list is goes on and yeah. on and on. Dougie Bourne, these are all all, all
1: they were all wastage to him. He was able to just, yes. you know, to just get on with things and to just not yeah, flick have off any, that bit of his
0: brain yeah. and turn on the aviation broker who. See, who that's talks a sociopath, him. though, isn't it? Well, I don't know. It's it's. Uh, well, I don't to be know. able to do that, it's it's certainly uncommon, yeah. and that 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 is, um, you know. That there is, there is, there's there's obviously criminals that, Mm. if you look back, say, in some of the Limerick gangs, they live by fear and threats and violence. But there's, there's a rarer breed that, that, um, that only really rise to the top that can switch on and off those, those two sides of the brain that can do one side, one that can do that violent, Mm. terrifying, you know, violence and also switch on a kind of a, a dispassionate business person side to
1: their brain as well. It's the ultimate compartmentalization of things, isn't it? Um, so part of his his business um, empire that he was running under the name Christopher Vincent, apart from being an aviation consulting service, uh, sorry, an aviation consultant, he was also had a business that was bringing in construction projects, renewable energy projects. He was. You know, he has his finger in every pie, doesn't oh, he? Oh, absolutely, and sponsoring charity
0: events. But you're talking about, uh, you know, according to himself, mm. businesses in Africa. And um, you know, it obviously seems to have had a number of uh, interests in the in, in the in the far east, in in places like Hong Kong. And um, you know, uh, there's a. It's not just one company. I mean, it, there, there's there's a rake of companies that seem to set up. Provide sort of multiple types of services, and um, you know all about and a lot of his the things that he's 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 coming out with are about you know how he can he can put people in touch with this person and all of that uh, just incredible stuff.
1: Mm. There's a level of addiction there, isn't there, when it comes to the business and the continuing and the non ability to retire and. Yeah, well, you see, this is this is it. You know, you could say. Which brings the, us back to maybe he did have an addiction. Well, to I heroin, think you know people. Addictive that, personality there. Yeah, but well, people, um,
0: you know, people look for 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 something excitement and mm. make them feel it okay. Itself
1: in all sorts. Well, I mean, of ways. it's
0: you know, people sometimes people who 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 leave
1: addiction retain high risk activities. You know. So, leaving him slightly to one side, even though he's he's always with us on this. But uh, another part of what we've discovered in the past couple of, or the past week, really, it's only a week since those sanctions were um, announced, was that there is certainly crisis meetings to be held in Oman. And Oman, which is next door to the United Arab Emirates, has been a place where Daniel Kinahan seems to have been drawn to. My understanding is that there's certainly some sort of a safe house uh, set up there and that perhaps if the United Arab Emirates make the move, the first one will have to be against Sean McGovern and to send him home on that extradition um, or whatever we'd call it for, for he's he wanted here for murder. Um, I mean, that actually was slightly missed the significance of that and the whole sanctions list because it, it came after so much. It was kind of like big story after big story after big story. But McGovern is wanted for murder. And that has been said by the, the police here. McGovern is based out in Dubai. He's been at Daniel Kinahan's side. His... Um, partner Anita Freeman is out there with him. He did live in Crumlin, was very much part of the Burn organised crime crew um, and was almost family, although he wasn't family. He was treated as family within that grouping. And he's been out in Dubai full time since the murder of Noel Duckhead Kerwin. Never come back to Ireland since. I think his partner has returned a number of times, but he's out there. And really the authorities are putting it up to the UAE, send him home. We want him for this very serious charge.
0: Yeah, I mean I think the the addition of the, the, the force of the US government coming behind this has really changed the game. And you can see that across uh obviously the boxing world, you know, like it's a sort of a bizarre kind of mm-hmm. sense that whoa, well, sure we didn't know anything about this until last week, uh, coming out from some of the people in the boxing world, um, which is amazing obviously because yeah. all of that information was there. So I think from from you know the they are going to have to now move their assets I think mm. and I think that's the next and thing you're going to and possibly themselves see. the physical
1: and, beings and possibly
0: themselves I mean you into see, a
1: man I mean what is that going to do for them they're just been pushed further and further away into you know yeah, anyway and, we need and to all wait the, to see what the UAE that do. Were,
0: all the companies that were kept at an arm's length from yeah. the Guinness now are going to come in and obviously the, the you see the stuff on the internet Different Twitter sites.
1: Yes, yes. Um, yeah, something I do want to mention about all this because the last week, and even though I have been skiing, I have had my head on my phone a little bit too much. But uh, there's been a lot of kind of, you know, congratulations to various journalists and to things like this, and, 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 oh, you know, ourselves included. And while it's very nice when people are being nice to you, realistically, crime journalists have been doing a job and we're paid for it. And, um, that's what we do. And and if any little bit of trouble comes to our door, we're we're blessed in a way that we have huge corporate entities behind us and um, Media House, our own company, is a, is a big European company that has dealt with, you know, threats and their journalists in various territories, including the Netherlands. And we also have the backing of the state should anything come to our door. That is a fact. We have backing from politicians and from police. And, you know, it's it's different for us and that's what we're doing a job. But there's people out there who have been hugely important in this emerging story of the Kinahan mob and they haven't got those protections and their online entities in particular I want to say about the uh, handle Ari on Twitter as well as Lexi Doyle and I'm not going to go into details about who they are, where they are or anything but they are two people who have been working in the background, piecing together putting together the pieces of the jigsaw. They've been doing incredible work and um They've been doing it without those protections. I
0: mean, Absolutely. And I mean some of the, the some of the stuff they've uncovered, um just relying on documentation filed in US courts relying on company
1: records filed in Dubai I mean it's 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 incredible work incredible you know? they've done some better work than some of the journalists and a lot of journalists probably <laughs> than ourselves you know and I mean you know we have actually used some of the stuff that they have uncovered very much so and I think they're both uh, again while I don't want to go into anything about their identities they're People who, and there's there's another one uh, handled, Counter Mole, I know very little about, but um, Counter Mole has done a lot of work on, you know, these pictures that emerge and where they are taken and, 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 you know, piecing together exactly where Daniel Kinahan was when he was pictured with Tyson Fury and all the rest of it. All very important work because a narrative has been put out sometimes through a picture that he's in this place when he's not at all, you know he's trying to claim he's in Spain perhaps in London when actually he's still in Dubai and he's never left but um, yeah it's the good and bad side of social media so you can see how citizen journalists and ordinary people
0: can make a difference in in, in what is now a global story yeah we've also seen the bad sides of social media where people can threaten and put out stuff but there is also a good side and uh, you know they're not the mainstream media as well uh, so we can't even
1: no and um, Christy might like them maybe he might prefer them to us (laughs) but no I do think that there are people who I think at their, you know, their motivation is to do with boxing, a sport they absolutely love. And I think they're disgusted by how it has been poisoned by this drugs mob. And I think really at the heart of what they do is their belief in what is right and what is wrong. It's a kind of a black and white good look Absolutely. at the world. I
0: think there was a, there was a frustration there uh, like the, there's one thing the Kinnan cartel people know they're they are what they are but I think it was it was the people on the edges of, or within the boxing world that aren't criminals. Mm. I mean we always write they're not linked to organized crime yeah. but their tolerance of criminality in their midst I think that really uh, there was people in the boxing world that, that caused a great uh, discomfort with mm. you know even more maybe than daniel it was the reaction of other people in the boxing world to let's that these people should be tolerated because they're bringing in money and they're putting on fights and stuff like that and that really there's people of principle who felt that that is not okay you know
1: yeah and you know boxing i suppose just to get back to the basics of it it is a sport that is there it's a largely sort of a working class sport it's a place for some kids from areas who don't maybe don't have much that they can find a, a, you know they they're, they're drawn to it and you need people volunteers working in it from the ground who aren't going to be bloody drug dealers.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, boxing, I mean, it's... And, of course, this is
1: professional boxing we're talking about here, not amateur, but still. But also
0: amateur, you know. I mean, mm. it's like um, boxing has been for, in Ireland... Uh, Most travelling community, for example, amongst you know and across the world in 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 working class areas in in America, it's provided an outlet for people and it's provided a way out of poverty, and uh, it's been it's done way more good than 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 bad, you know. Mm-hmm. But I mean, things can be corrupted, and you know it's 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 a very big problem when sports are corrupted.
1: Most definitely, and I'm hoping to do a um another podcast for Saturday. Focused more on the boxing, so I think what we'll do is we'll stick for today to um, the sort of the crime end of it. And the, the final thing I think is really interesting to talk about is Johnny Morrissey because oh my goodness, Morrissey has been sitting there. Um, I think I, I weight shamed him there the last time we were talking today.
0: Well, actually. well, I mean, and it's it's you've been shaming him for years. I actually <laughs> looked into the uh, into I was when when we were putting it up. I looked into our archive. And you you'd written about him sometime in the early two thousands. All right. So I mean that shows you this guy has a long you know has been going on. with And him. I mean obviously at that point he was you know the the you know this guy has been at the top of organized crime for nearly four well three three four decades. I mean yeah. a massive amount of time. Um, you know.
1: So Eamon Dylan was doing a, a sort of a profile of him there uh, for the Sunday World again. It should be online now on the sundayworld.com World dot website. And um, he talks about this long career he's had in organised crime. Um, his early reputation was as a British gangland hitman. I think he's just suspected of that. I don't think he's any convictions. Um, but it's a world away in similar terms as as Christy Kinahan from that, you know, that heroin dealer in Dublin to what this business icon he's become uh yeah, he seems to have. have course is the same. Yeah, you know? he seems
0: to have come to prominence as part of in the in the in the days of the armed robbery gangs in Manchester. Mm. Um, you know, um, he seems to have made a lot of money at some point. Um, he's from an Irish background. Uh, he he, I think he is an Irish citizen. Though I could be. Oh, was he right? Irish originally? But he has a he has, yeah. Like he's from an Irish background, anyway. Right. Um, but he really came to prominence in Irish the Irish media when he ended up in in, in County Cork in the in the nineteen nineties. Um, he seems to have had an association with George the Penguin Mitchell. Mm. Um you know, obviously if, if you remember See, the
1: in Cork he bought a restaurant or something, didn't he? he? Bought a
0: restaurant. It seems like George Georgie Mitchell back in the day seems to had very strong ties with British gangs. Um, uh, you know, and, they, you know, he was even, there was the famous Mickey Boyle was mm-hmm. going over. They were, seems to have been swapping people to do jobs. And he's uh, during that point, Morrissey seems to have built up a, a relationship with him. But he seems to have made enough money to buy a
1: restaurant in Cork. And can sail in the 1990s. Now, funny enough, wasn't there quite a interesting... Criminal connections to the, the to Marbella and and Cork around that time. There was what was called the Cork Mafia. A guy called Alan Buckley. I think it was supposed to be yeah, a
0: Alan Buckley. They were they were kind of um, yeah. The Cork Mafia is what they were called, but they were primarily involved. I think in in, in cannabis importation. Yeah, which was a huge huge business. Shipping in, it, I think, to yeah. the Cork coast and yeah, it still is a big business, of course. But it was particularly maybe bigger then. And um, they were kind of relatively well heeled, kind of. Um, a Bohemian almost mm. types, you know. And um, Alan Buckley ultimately uh, would spend a, a, a period of time in prison um, for drug trafficking events. Caught on a yacht, or he was
1: caught. Certainly, caught on there was a yacht. a yacht of there was a yacht filled with cannabis that was linked to him, and he was jailed in Spain. But he was in a relationship of late. Um, I don't know if it has split. It's it was with a very wealthy lady from. The, the Cork area. And yeah they were
0: from they were more more likely to be going to rugby matches than mm. uh, than, than GAA type probably of Christie's walking. type really yeah yeah so but so Johnny Morrissey seems to have through his irish connections ended up in in Kinsale he bought a, a, a restaurant but he then became one of the first people i think to really come to the attention of the criminal assets bureau and um, he 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 became, he, you know, I've, I, obviously the Criminal Assets Bureau. As we've gone into many times, set up after Veronica girins murder, and um, they initially were probably looking at the Gilligan gang, but Johnny Morrissey seems to have come up uh, shortly after, um, and you know, he then really hit the, the the Irish media because as he was being investigated, there was a very serious uh, debt threat laid against one of the Criminal Assets Bureau officers. Um, that they had received intelligence that he was going to be murdered by associates of Morrissey, um, you know, who had taken grave offence to their to their operation against him.
1: I mean, Eamon Dillon has spoken to Felix McKenna, uh, the former Criminal Assets Bureau Chief Officer, and he says about Morrissey, he wasn't shy at all, he was a man about town, he had the spondulux in his pocket to flash and he wasn't afraid of flashing it. He goes on to say that his reputation was that he was a hitman for the gangsters in England, more so than in Ireland. That's one of the reasons he came to Kinsale, sort of, you know, to hide out, I suppose. Um, but he says when they began to target him, there were threats to the Criminal Assets Bureau. He was identified as the orchestrator or the re- or the person capable of carrying them out. Now, the cab officer searched his p- properties down in Cork and they seized jewellery and a dinghy, a kind of an ocean-going dinghy. It's described as... He left Ireland after the seizures and never came back. But the next thing really is he rattles up in Spain in Marbella with the Kinnhans,
0: rattles up with them, uh, with with them, and sort of running various businesses around. Very, uh, you know, not not keeping a head down on social media, posting publicly constantly, and um, kind of puts himself out there as a. I think he even appeared on a couple of documentaries in 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 the UK. I yeah, of, a, I think he
1: was interviewed in on one alright. He
0: was mm. as kind of a retired criminal, as a, a kind of a, a, a sort of retired good fella. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't seem that is just he had a very the snazzy
1: case. wedding in a castle in Scotland to his wife, Nicola Morrissey, who was also um she was she was identified in the sanctions because she's the CEO of this Nero vodka, which has been identified as a, a money laundering outfit for Kinahan. Um but they had this extraordinary wedding. I think they went back a few years ago. I only know this because he told me on social media. Sorry, I don't, I'm not actually stalking the guy. I mean, you couldn't get more information about what he was doing on a day-to-day basis. If this guy went out for dinner or lunch in Marbella, you got a video of what was on the table, what he was eating, how expensive the oysters were, all the rest of it. And he constantly had the camera in his wife's face and actually often a few times she'd sort of nearly want to stick it up as, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah, he was, he was a big... Show off. Interestingly, now, when, when David Doherty Douglas was first time injured, Doherty Douglas was uh, murdered by Freddie Thompson. He's serving a life to, uh, prison term in relation to that. But he was shot before he was murdered and survived it. And I remember seeing him, uh, you know, contacting. Morrissey on Facebook, Morrissey was doing up his his uh, house in, in, in Spain at the time and he was saying to him, oh Johnny, which is my room? And he was coming back to him saying, oh, hope you're feeling a bit better Dahi, sure you can have the best room in the house when you come to see me and I was thinking, my God, these people are all connected, aren't they?
0: They are all connected, yeah, all it's amazing and of course... Um, uh die Douglas would go on to be killed by by the the Kinnan yeah. cartel. But Morrissey was a kind of a public defender of Daniel mm-hmm. back in those days, post regency. And there was the famous book uh, or booklet Blood Feud. Mm who now you have to look back and think, you know, what was Christy Senior's Rolling fingerprints that. in that? Mm. Um, Johnny Morrissey, I think he was the first person to share it, wasn't he? he was. was the person to put yeah. it out publicly. I mean, blood feud for people who haven't... It
1: was d- published online, basically, yeah. and no author or anything, but no, it was a big,
0: huge... It was a kind of a defence of the of the, the and cartel. In a funny way, it was different than the line that Daniel would take, that he had no involvement in anything, but it was more of a defence of why Gary Hutch was shot, mm-hmm. saying, you know, taking a. Certain perspective on us, and then also riddled through it was the conspiracy that that, that Enda Kenny had set up the Regency, or yeah. or, or you know, well he had, mm, and we
1: we had worked with the Hutch Gang and yeah, the police, and, and we'd all, all been so there on the day to photograph yeah, Daniel. Yeah, Big so that was,
0: that was the thing. But Johnny Morrissey was the public defender. Um, but you know, as, you, as 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 the years go by, he becomes more and more um, associated with this this vodka brand mm. that seems to have. Uh, had no end of money to spend promoting himself. Came
1: from nowhere and yet again became such a success. It's just extraordinary, isn't it, how these products, other people work for years and years and years to try and develop and market their products. But these guys can just come up with a...
0: Yeah, I mean it's, yeah, hard, no, it's hard it's, it's hard it's to take on I mean it is look, let's be realistic. It's it's hard to take on the drinks industry it's yeah. selling vodka. So he, he you know, we I think it was just last year. I mean we were we were the last paper to be still writing about Johnny Morrissey in a way about how he he, he launched he was part of a launch for neuro yeah neuro vodka's uh you know in, in Port of Benus, where he seems to continue to spend
1: most of his time. Mm,
0: mm.
1: Um, we, we had a little visitation to his house this week. I think he's gone. He doesn't appear to be at the pool anymore. But finally, I think um, we'll just refer to these rewards, um, this five million that I'm going to claim. Yeah, you're going to claim. I'm going to claim. Uh, yeah. And I'm going to go on holidays and turn <laughs> my phone off. <laughs> right, That's maybe. Well, do. I hear
0: Dubai is nice.
1: Oh, <laughs>
0: <Not> <laughs> Even the Gulf of
1: Oman. yeah. But anyway, this five million—it's not a, an Irish law
0: enforcement tradition, is it? Rewards and 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 all of these things. But you know, it's a different. The US is different, as you can see. You know, and how they they approach these things. I mean, the the five million pound or five million dollar reward—you know—is looking for information. It's not looking for information. Daniel's living down the road from me there in Dubai. It's looking for. Uh, evidence that can be used in a court, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. And that's, therefore, it's looking for somebody to say, yeah. Daniel told me this, yeah. Christy told me that. Or I worked, or, you know, yeah, if you worked
1: within the yes, businesses yes, or whatever. Yes, yeah.
0: something Something more so significant. some
1: accountant
0: out there is going to claim it above me. Possibly, or somebody somebody else who maybe feels, you know, mm. my life is in danger. Mm-hmm. Why, not, why not get to five million? Then? Do you
1: know who's always, always the most dangerous in all these situations? Who? The women. The women who, who, who or, or yeah. The, the women know everything. Yeah. Remember somebody very, very high up in law enforcement mm. told me that one time. Yeah. Never underestimate the women. Never underestimate. They know where all the skeletons are. Yeah.
0: You see, this is the problem and, and you see you see as well, uh, Eamon wrote about it in the weekend and also it featured in the D, in the uh, US law official thing, that they Daniel has to continue to pay people. Yeah. who are behind bars continued to keep these people going and um, you know while I fully believe that he he wanted to move away from the drugs business and really become a more or less a boxing like promoter his dad is what he wanted yes. in the boxing
1: but the reality
0: is that you know once he moves away from that he um you know he becomes more vulnerable because it's the it's the criminality that keeps those people in check, the people that are serving prison sentences and their families and people associated with them. So they're, they're
1: you know, they're, they're, it's hard to get out once you're in. Mm, mm, most definitely. And look, we'll come back to this maybe next week because we've really banged on a bit there. Maybe I hope we haven't bored people. But um, I think that there is still a lot more in this and we are working on stories, you know, relating to you know, to Scotland connections relating to more more stuff on Johnny Morrissey that will be of interest to people. So we'll maybe just call it a day for the moment because there's a lot of information we've gone through there. And we'll... Uh, sorry, I'm not claiming you're boring. No, no, not. no.
0: I, th- I thought you were saying you were boring. I was, I was the
1: interesting bit. <laughs> so look, we'll come back to it next week. So for the moment, thanks a million. Thanks, Nicola. You've been listening to Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. If you like the podcast and love true crime, why not download the free Sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe.